Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. I am finishing up the series of Genuine. We've been doing it for about six weeks, this series, and it's been a great series, and I hope you've got a lot out of it. Um, And today I'm going to share from a passage of Scripture. Um, It's a popular story. You may have heard of this story in church life or growing up, um, if you went at Scripture at school. But we're going to look at this um, passage of Scripture and see how Jesus modelled genuine relationships, genuine relationships outside of his core people, outside of his disciples, how he modelled genuine relationship with others. So let us read. We're going to go to Matthew, no, Luke 19, uh, 1 to 10. So we're going to read those verses now. They're up on the screen or if you have your Bible, pull it out because what? The Bible is truth and life and we need our word, don't we? So here we go. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. I like how they emphasized and he was rich. And he sought to see and he sought to see the who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowds, for he was short of stature. Put your hands up if you're a little bit shorter in this place. Go the shorter people. I'm one of them, so I can say it. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. Jesus was going to pass. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and he came down and he received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner? Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and I've taken, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because you, he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save which was lost. So Zacchaeus, he is a rich man a tax collector under Rome, and he gained, that's how he gained his wealth. People in, I guess, that community viewed him as a sinner. He lived in Jericho on a major trade route. Zacchaeus, as I said, he was short, but he had a genuine desire. He would have known that Jesus was coming through, and he would have been like questioning like, hmm, who is this Jesus? Who of these stories that I've heard about and he's passing through my town, who is he? What miracles has he performed? Why are people following him? Is he going to perform a miracle today? I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder what he looks like. He had a genuine curiosity about Christ. And I believe that there's people that still have a genuine curiosity about Christ. So what I love about Zacchaeus is that he races ahead of the crowd. He climbs up a sycamore tree because that's what you do to see Jesus. So what can we learn from Jesus and this encounter with a man? How can we have a genuine love for those that are around us? The first point for today is take notice. So Jesus was on a journey. He was on his way to Jerusalem. He had come from Galilee. It was a 65-kilometer journey on foot. 
I have done a 12-kilometre journey on foot and I know what that felt like. Maybe a 65-kilometre journey is a long one. But the encounter that Jesus had with Zacchaeus was actually at the last leg of his destination. I know when I am travelling and the end is in sight, there is no stopping for bathroom breaks or even for petrol. I will run on fumes just to get home. I don't want to stop. Actually, that did happen last week. I was running on fumes. As my way to work, I saw the light come on. I didn't feel like getting petrol. Called Marty at work. Hey, babe, do you think I'm going to make it home? He's like, I can't see the car. What's going on? <laughs> Just let you know, I made it home and then sent him to get me petrol. <laughs> Thank you, baby. <laughs> He's a good man. But let's get back to the point. But Jesus took notice. He was engulfed by the crowd. There was people everywhere. But Jesus noticed Zacchaeus. Jesus saw him. Jesus stopped. Maybe you're in this room today. Christ, he sees you. He knows you. He sees your pain. He knows the turmoil. He knows the journey and the story that you have. He sees you. See, God shows no partiality. He seeks all classes, the low the high, the rich, the poor, short in stature, tall men. He seeks all, Jew, Samaritan, Gentile. He seeks all. How often in life we get busy with the hustle and the bustle. I know Christmas is coming up. It's like a whole new level of hustle and bustle. We can get busy and caught up. We can be surrounded by people. We can be in a crowd. We can get task-focused, orientated, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to get to my destination, that we don't take time to stop and notice. We don't take time to stop and notice that those that are around us. Jesus is walking to his destination. He looks up, looks up, and he notices a man up in a tree. And he walks towards him and he says, Zacchaeus, Make haste and come down, for today I must stay in your home. Jesus takes the time. Yes, possibly it altered his plans. Maybe the journey took longer to get to where he was going. Maybe he didn't make it in time to check into his inn or meet the host wherever he was staying. But he took the time. And this is what I believe it takes. It takes time with people. It takes investment with people. To have a genuine love for your neighbours or those that are around you, it takes time. You know, practically, yes, we can schedule in time for people. We can put it in our calendar and we can schedule ahead if you're a scheduler. But maybe there's those people that rock up unexpected at your door. Maybe it's the people that send you a phone call or a text and say, hey, I need some help. Maybe you're in your office at work and they're knocking on the door and they're like, hey, can I just have a chat with you? And maybe you don't have the time, but it takes time to invest into people. It takes time to stop to notice. Point number two, there is power in a name. Um, this is a skill 
that I sometimes am not very good at and I do fail at times, so forgive me if I have forgotten your name. Um, I know at work um, I'm walking by and I'll be say someone's name and it's someone else's name and get all mixed up, so forgive me. Um, but there is power in a name. There are times, you know, when you haven't seen someone in a long time and then they're like, hey, and they say your name. How do you feel? Like, it's pretty, like, awesome. Like, whoa, you remembered my name. That is incredible. Like, you're awesome. There's power in a name. See, Jesus, after noticing and after stopping, he called out his name. Zacchaeus. Christ called him by his name. How did he know that his name was Zacchaeus? Yes, Christ is all-knowing. But we know that he knew that Zacchaeus' name was not in his book. Revelations 21, 27 says this, Nothing impure will enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. He knew that Zacchaeus' name was not written in his book. And that book is about the new heaven, the new earth, eternity with him. He knew Zacchaeus' name was not in there. In Luke 19, it says this, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save which was lost. Matthew 9, 11, 12, and the Pharisees saw it and they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with the tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Matthew 18, 12, what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek the one who is straying? Verse 14, even so, it is not the will of your Father in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. God promised us in Ezekiel 34, 16 and 22, I will seek the lost and I will save my flock. The heart of the Father, the heart of the Father is that people will know him and walk in a relationship with him. That is the will of the Father. So if we have a genuine love for the Father, we have a genuine love for others because who does Jesus love? People. See, we see the people. So when we're out and about, we see people and maybe we know that their names also are not in the Lamb's book of life. And we know that their future separation is from Christ. So, yes, maybe you may not always remember their actual name. True, we do make mistakes in life and we don't remember their names. But can I tell you, there is someone who will never forget their name. And that is Jesus Christ. He will always remember their name and not forget and a great key that you can do in remembering a person's name is pray. Pray for them. You know what? If you're out and about and you're doing jobs and, and you get a person's name laid on your heart, pray. Pray for that person. When you're walking, when you're out and about, when you're at your work, sharing with them, stop, listen, take notice and pray for those people. Sometimes relationships will take time. 
If we have a genuine relationship with someone, we will not stop believing that their names will be in the Lamb's book of life. So can I encourage you, don't give up. Keep on praying. Even when they block you, keep on praying. Even when you invite them into your home, into a church environment, don't give up if they don't show up. But keep on believing because we know their name. God knows their name. Keep calling out their name in the spirit and believing that they will come to know Christ. Now, don't be weird about it. And when you see it right now, I claim that you are in the Lamb's book of life when you see them walking towards you. But you can be like, yeah, I believe that you will be saved and you will be in the Lamb's book of life. The seeds you sow, you will see a fruit and you will see a harvest. Maybe not on this side of earth, but you will. Number three is bring a welcome. So Zacchaeus, he had a great curiosity. He was small. The crowd was great. He could not see Jesus. But do you know what I love about Jesus? Is that Jesus is not a show-off. He wasn't carried around on like someone's shoulders like in a progression like the Pope would. He wasn't on an open chariot with horses like a prince would. This is who our Jesus is. He walked around on foot and humbled himself and was with the people. That is who our Jesus is. Jesus first notices Zacchaeus. He says his name and then he invites himself into his home. One of my children, I will not name, not in this room, always is like, Mum, can I go to so-and-so's house? Mum, can I go to so-and-so's house? Oh, Mum, I just got to go. And we have a little bit of a thing. We don't just invite ourselves over to someone's house. We're learning that lesson. (laughs) But what I love about Jesus is that he does the opposite. He invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house. He sees Zacchaeus. He's like, Zacchaeus, come down, hurry up, get down from the tree because I am coming to your house today. Christ brings his own welcome. He opens the heart of Zacchaeus. He inclines Zacchaeus' heart towards him. Christ spends time with him. Was it an hour? Was it two hours? Did he stay overnight? Who knows? But he stayed with him in his home. Now, you may not literally get to step foot into someone's home, like knock, knock, I'm coming in. You may not sit down and have a meal with them. But you can bring God's welcome. You can bring the presence of God into any environment. You can incline someone's heart to receive Christ. How? We prepare people's hearts by praying for them. Be soft and be open yourself. Be not hard-hearted, but be genuine and be authentic. Let your body language, body language and your words be soft. Be approachable and represent Christ wherever you go and represent him well. Hold your tongue. Hold your tongue when you feel like speaking out or speak out when you feel like holding your tongue. Where Christ comes, salvation comes and he brings salvation, doesn't he? You do your part 
and God will do the rest. He brings conviction to a heart. See, Christ seeks those that are not worth seeking. He seeks those that are looking and have a curiosity. So I want you to think about the environments that you are in. Maybe it's in your home, maybe it's with your neighbourhood, your school, in your classroom, on a Zoom university lecture. Think about the environments that you are in. Can you bring a welcome to those environments? Can you carry his presence in those environments? Um, in my workplace, people know I am a Christian. I don't go around holding my Bible and preaching. That's not the environment that I get that opportunity to, but I do get the opportunity to share. I do get the opportunity to speak when someone comes and approaches me. I had um, one of our student support meetings we had, and it was, um, we had to just, we're building trust in, in that environment, and we had to all write down something that um, people notice about you, you know, like your qualities that you bring to a team. And one person wrote down on my little bib thing, and they said, your faith inspire is inspiring. And I was like, not to sound boastful, but I was like, my faith is inspiring. I can bring God's welcome into my environment where I work. You too can bring God's welcome and his presence into the environment where you work. Because people do see. People do sense something different about you when you carry and bring his presence. See, Jesus' mission is to save the lost. But it has a present dimension as well. It's not just a future dimension of eternity. He sought sinners not only to save them from future doom, but to bring them present salvation. And so it says when he was talking to Zacchaeus, it says to this, and Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Today salvation has come. Not tomorrow, but today salvation has come. The salvation Jesus brought to his house was a present visitation. Although it's a blessing that reaches out into the future and into eternity, but it is today. Today, you can walk in freedom. Today, you can have hope. Today, there can be breakthrough. Today, there can be blessing and abundance. Today, today, God brings salvation to his house. Today. So Jesus came to see and to save the lost. And Zacchaeus was a repentant man. If we look up on the verse now, it says, And Jesus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and I have taken any, if, I, if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore it four times. See, Zacchaeus, he was making a repayment and a repentance. In the Old Testament, it was a restitution for theft. If you stole something, you repaid it back four times. It's mentioned in Numbers and Leviticus. But what I found so fascinating about Zacchaeus and his story is that all the others around were like, what is Jesus doing with this man? Do you not know who he is? He's a publican, a tax collector, a bad man, a sinner. But God allows room for people who are repentant, and so must me, we. So must me, and so must we, <laughs> me and we. We may look at people and we may judge them, but Jesus notices those people. He knows their name. He knows your name. 
He knows who they are. He knows their story. He knows their journey. And we too must see people and have a genuine love for people like Christ. And right now, with every eye bowed, every eye bowed, every head bowed and every eye closed, Jesus, you may not yet know Jesus, but he knows you. He knows your name and he is inviting himself into your home. Will you let him in? In order to seek and save the lost, Christ came to earth from heaven. It's a long journey, isn't it? To seek what was lost, which have wandered away and gone astray. That's us. We've wandered away and gone astray to bring us to the Father, to be restored with him. And today in this place, will you say yes to him? Will you respond and say yes I make you Lord and Saviour of my life. Come and have a meal with me. So if you're in this place and you yet don't know Jesus, will you just lift up your hand to him and say, yes, I welcome you in to my life. It's the greatest decision of your life. And I see that hand at the front. Amen and amen. He knows you. He notices you. And he welcomes. He says, come. You're his child, his child. Is there anyone else in this place that would love to join this young lady that says, yes, I choose you in this place. Thank you, Lord. We're going to say a prayer now, and I'm going to invite you all to repeat it after me, and we're going to join this young lady and say it with her. But as you pray it, Every day we make a decision to live for Jesus. So let's pray it with that desire and that passion like when you first prayed it. Dear Jesus, I invite you into my life to be Lord and Saviour. I repent and turn from my ways. Today I choose to follow you. Lord, may I know you and walk with you. Thank you for all that you have done. Amen and amen. Um, we have a Bible for you and a, an awesome book that's Follow Jesus, and we'd love to give that to you as a great tool of how to get to know him. He's such a relational God. He's not a religious God. He's a relational God that loves us and walks with us. And right now, if you know me, every time I have a preach, I have a prop or a object thing. And I have one here today and I saw this illustration and, and I thought it fitted so perfectly and maybe you have seen this illustration before and, um, but it just, yeah, fitted very perfectly. See, people, it is easy, isn't it? I know I, I, I am guilty of this too, but it's so easy to get caught up in our own lives, our everyday things and building our own kingdoms, our own bank balances and building our jobs or binging on the latest Netflix show. And yes, please hear me right, God wants us to enjoy life because he is a God of abundance and he is a great father. But sometimes we can focus so much on the temporal, but we can actually forget what comes next. See, in life, life here on earth is really only in retrospect 80 to 100 years. Like, maybe you're 12 and you're like, wow, 
80. That's so old. I'm 40. I'm halfway there. I'm like, that's not so old. But in retrospect in our life, 80 years is not a lot, is it? Or 100 years. 100 years. 102. 105, I think, is the eldest person um, in Australia that celebrated recently. But we can get so focused on now and we can get so focused on what life is here. But in truth, eternity, it never ends. If we think about it, this is our life here on earth. And we focus so much on this element. We can actually forget what follows next. It's eternity with Jesus Christ. walk for me down the hallway. That's it. I'll hold on to this bit. We can focus so much on this in our life, but we have eternity with Jesus Christ afterwards. Just keeps on going. It keeps on going. This is what's the most important. Our life here on earth is to build and invest into eternity. When we get to heaven, I'm not going to say, Oh, come around, Chris, come around. Don't literally go out the hallway. I meant the, yeah, I meant the hallway in here. Yep, just keep flowing around. When we get to heaven, we're not going to say, hey, Lord, look at my photo album. Yes, I love holidays. Please hear me right. But we're not going to take our photo album up to heaven. We're not going to say, here, Lord, look at my house that I built. We're not going to say, here's my bank balance because the bank actually can't go with us. We're going to get to heaven and say, hey, Lord, yeah, I was your faithful servant. I was obedient with what you asked me to do. Lord, I'm here today because I spoke to that person in my street and I told them about Jesus, we're going to take people with us when we go to heaven. We're going to take our families with us when we go to heaven. That's the legacy that we should be focusing on. When we get to heaven, it's not going to be our boats. It's not going to be our jet skis. not even going to be our clothes. When we get to heaven, he's going to look at the inside and he's going to look at the lasting fruit, fruit that remains. And I want to encourage us, this is temporal. This life on earth won't be forever, but this will, our life with Jesus Christ. And that's why we must have a genuine relationship with God and with others because we in this room, or maybe you're not in this room, that you may not know where your future is. Or they may not. Let me say that again. You may have a certainty of where your future is, but others don't. And that's our mission in life, is to go into the world and preach the gospel because there's a people, a human, a life that needs Christ. And I want to encourage us in this place. We're going to stand up now and we're going to go back into a praise song. Thanks, Chris, for doing that illustration. But we have a reason to live. We have a voice. We have a gospel that people need to hear because life on earth is temporal. But eternity is forever. And I really pray, and this is even speaking to myself, that we will continue to have a boldness in us, that we don't, won't get so relaxed in just comfort of this life, 
but our focus is on the next life. And as we sing this song, you know what? If you are in this place and maybe something spoke to you and maybe in yourself you're like, okay, God, I want to notice people more. I want to remember their names or he remembers their names. I want to put people first more. God, I want to be a carrier of your presence into every single environment that I go to. And if you're yes If you're saying, yes, God, that's what I want to do, and that you want to go and preach the gospel to all nations in your workplaces, in your school, when you sing this song, don't sing it for us, but let's sing it for that boldness that God would come in and penetrate our hearts, and there will be a transformation in our lives. So let's sing this song, and then Marty's going to get up and close in prayer. Here we go. Thank you, team.